So earlier this week, uh, Dave Batista and Ted Cruz got into a Twitter feud. Who will Ted choose as his tag team partner for a match with Batista and Ron Perlman? Um, Matt, I don't think I ever start with you, so let's start with you on this one. I, uh, um, I mean, Trump. And Trump <laughs> has already been part of a WWE event, so <laughs> it sounds like a logical choice. Uh, Lydia. I don't know. I don't think anybody that like would want to stand with Ted Cruz would want to go up against those two together. So I think he's just on his own. I'm going to go with the Crimson Chin from Fairly Odd Parents. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like their facial features balance each other out. <laughs> I put I put a little bit of thought into this one, and I tried to like step into the mind of Ted Cruz, and I got really scared, and then I left. Um, <laughs> but Ted Cruz is from Texas, so I was like, okay, well, who are some celebrities who are from Texas? And then I realized that Jeff Dunham is from Texas. Jeff Dunham is, you know, the uh, the puppeteer or whatever. So in Ted Cruz's mind, ventriloquist. Thank you. In Ted Cruz's mind, Jeff Dunham has a whole bunch of friends to back them up. So then it could be like a, you know, seven on two type of situation. So Ted Cruz would 100% choose Def Jeff Dunham. Whether or not Jeff would accept, it's another story, but. Oh my God. <laughs> the logic follows. Yeah, you're not wrong. No. Uh, that match will be coming up next month at SummerSlam or whatever. <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. A couple quick things to talk about before we get uh, going into the, the meat and potatoes of... No? No? Sorry. Um... So, a week from Sunday, August 2nd, from 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Uh, at the Crown Plaza is going to do the Springfield Quad Con Nerd Mart. Um, they are branding it as kind of like a flea market for nerds. It's going to be an outdoor event, so that kind of uh, helps to be able to still have something during, you know, our pandemic lives. Um, it's going to have comics, toys, cosplay games. Uh, there's going to be a cosplay parade, uh, as well as artists and vendors selling games, toys, comics, posters, bunch of other stuff. The best thing about this is that it's free, courtesy of the Crown Plaza. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I am definitely going to try to make it out there. Um, I have to work that day, and so it's like it's going to cause me to have to get up early, and I don't <laughs> like that. But yeah, early for comics and toys and stuff that I shouldn't be spending my money on? Yes, so I will I will wake up early for that. <laughs> and then you'll go to work to make up for all the money that you're going to spend. Exactly. That way I can go into it knowing, okay, I spent $700 in an hour. Let's see how much I can recoup. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not quite that much, but you never He's if we that's on Sunday and be like, I spent seven hundred and five dollars. <laughs> so basically what I'm hearing is anything we make for the podcast itself needs to not be handled by Mitch. Cause that's just how we end up with like a panda like mascot for the show for whatever reason. I mean, regardless of what it is, at least it'll be a balanced amount. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. I see that. <laughs> In my defense, I am very good with other people's money. I'm not very. I'm not so much good with my money. So if we were, were to ever, I, mean, like, I think you're great with your money. You balance your checkbook like my grandmother. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I balance it when I see like how much I spend. Like, <laughs> I balance it with all the frivolous stuff that I just purchased. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, we don't have an artist alley this week, but we do have uh, something cool to kind of talk about that's kind of new, 
upcoming, you know, whatever. Uh, our guests for Kind of Artist Alley are Matt and Tabitha. How's it uh, going, guys? Hey! <laughs> Thanks for having us! <laughs> so, uh, let us, we'll stick around for the whole show. Oh, wow! Wow! <laughs> That's so generous yeah. of you guys. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, tell us about your little side gig. So, we just kind of thought it would be fun to start a bookstagram. Um, so, an Instagram for book reading. Um, eventually, we would like to do like a booktube channel as well, um, just because, I don't know, I'm going to claim this idea because like there's a lot of booktube channels, but there are very few that are couples that read together. Um, and a lot of times as we read books, we often will read the same thing either back to back or simultaneously. Um, and I just thought it might be kind of fun and a different perspective if we like were to do something like that to show like both sides. And we, a lot of times if like we do that, we'll talk about the book and we both see different things when it comes to the book. So I just thought it'd be kind of a cool idea to like a perspective that's not super, like super familiar when it comes to bookstagram and like booktube. Yeah, we're both readers, but we're both very different readers. Like Matt reads and he's like looking at like the technical aspects of things and he's like, did you notice that word, this word was repeated 74 times on this page? I'm like, no, I didn't realize that. I was reading a story. Like stop getting your like little red paper out, like little red pen out. Um, and like I look at things from a more like character driven perspective where he looks at things from more of a like plot driven perspective mm -hmm. um and it's just i think it would be interesting to see as far as like book reviews go especially us like on camera as far as the booktube channel is concerned um to see what i see and what you see because yeah. usually it's completely different things and like we get to the end of these books and we're talking about it and i'm like did we read the same book like that doesn't what well one of the first books that we read together together well, I mean, you read it and then I read it, was what, A Long Way to a Strong, Small Angry Small Planet. Planet. And what you, like, we both absolutely loved it. And we both, I think, gave it four or five stars. Um, but, like, what you saw in it was drastically different than what I saw, but we both really loved it. And that, I think, was kind of like the start of that nugget of an idea and we're both really like active on at least instagram with posting about books and things like i've met some of my favorite people on bookstagram and by watching booktube videos so it's something we're looking into we definitely have our bookstagram going we're at like a little under 400 subscribers right now so i mean we're having fun with it yeah i mean we're not putting a lot of work into it because we don't put a lot of work into anything but <laughs> we'll see what happens um have you have you said what the name of the bookstagram page is? No, oh, shelf fulfilling prophecy. Which is we so were driving from somewhere, and it was completely quiet in the car, and we were thinking about like what we would call it if we had a, a YouTube or a bookstagram. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like it should be something like sociology based, since we we kind of both accidentally got sociology degrees, and so <laughs> we're like talking about it, and that's like so. Shelf, shelf fulfilling prophecy. I'm like, that's the one. That's <laughs> that is phenomenal. Um, so kind of going back to what you're saying, just out of curiosity, because it kind of just sparked my th uh, thinking or whatever. So you said that Matt brings out like the red pins. Matt, do you finish a book and then grade it? Um, I <laughs> Yes and no. I mean, I... I have a couple of books in particular that I've read, especially recently that like both, both is a, like the way that I read as an English major, having been an English major and as a writer, um, like I pick up on little, like littler things. Like um, there was one book I read that I'm not going to name it just for the sake of the book and the author. Um, but um, one of the, biggest faux pas for a young writer is when a character holds a breath that they didn't know they were holding. Um, and this particular book was super popular. It made New York times bestseller list. It's got sequels. There's going to be a, like a TV show about it. And that phrase happened 
like three times in this book. And it drove me insane. This is not the only thing about this book that drove him insane. Like the entire no. time he was reading it, he was critiquing it. Like, aggressively <laughs> from the opposite end of the couch. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to relax. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we were kind of talking in our group chat. Uh, Matt, you kind of went viral on accident earlier this week. I, so I did. So as part of our bookstagram, one of the things that we're doing this week in particular is called Reading Rush. Um, a, a lot of the bookstagrams will host um, reading readathons. Um, and the one that's going on right now this week, the 20th through the 26th, is called uh, Reading Rush. But there are different Instagram challenges for each day. Um, we haven't done anything but the first one, but the first one was to recreate a book cover. So we're staring at our bookshelves trying to figure out what we're going to do. And all of a sudden I grab John Scalzi's Fuzzy Nation, which I actually had just read just before we went to C2E2. And I'm like, well, what about this? Cause it's a fairly simple cover. It's a guy and this fuzzy creature that he befriends. And next thing you know, I put on my jacket, Tabitha's taking a picture, Ernie's sitting on the couch, like staring at me like, what the hell are you doing? Um, <laughs> so we put it on our bookstagram and then I, just for fun, I, I tweeted it. Like our cover, like the picture and then the original cover that we based it off of. And obviously in t with Twitter and all you know social media, I tagged John Scalzi. Within three minutes, Scalzi had retweeted this. It has like almost 150 likes. That's which is more than any tweet that I've ever had at, at any point. <laughs> like the first 20 minutes, my phone did not, my phone and my watch didn't stop buzzing with notifications. It was ridiculous. <laughs> that is amazing. So I guess like just to kind of feed my own personal whatever, um, I know I jokingly said this to you, Tabitha, when you guys first were telling me about this, but, uh, Mostly joking, but still a little bit serious. You guys ain't leaving the show, right? I need I need that you know visual <laughs> audio confirmation. No, we're no, not. We're not, we're not going anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, like as as much as I love Mitch, I don't think this show would be as much fun if it's just me and him sitting here trying to hold a conversation. <laughs> I mean, I'd still listen to it. Oh yeah. Aw. <laughs> I don't think anybody else would. Yeah. <laughs> you have your one fan. It would be me. Aww. <laughs> oh, I forgot you were here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's awesome though, guys. And, um, you know, definitely when you uh, start doing the book tube or whatever, like, you know, we'll be pushing that as well. So. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um, Jazz so, hands. Did you say jazz hands? Jazz hands. <laughs> I feel like that goes with your shirt, which I love, by the way. I just noticed that. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> wow. It's my, it's my favorite sarcasm shirt. <laughs> you probably have, like, a whole, like, wardrobe of sarcasm shirts. Pretty much any clothes I put on my body are sarcasm clothes because they're therefore on my person. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the big thing going on um, in geek world or whatever right now is the San Diego Comic-Con at home uh, officially goes underway today uh, through and it's going to go through the weekend. Uh, everything is going to be uploaded to Comic-Con International's YouTube page. And today we've already seen some panels from Star Trek, uh, Solar Opposites, The Boys. Uh, and then we also have more panels throughout the weekend, including uh, Lucasfilm Publishing, The Walking Dead, Bob's Burgers, The Simpsons, uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Um, Marvel Comics is having a panel. Uh, I don't think any kind of MCU, anything like that, outside of there. I think there was a New Mutants panel today as well, which we'll, we're going to yep. talk about the uh, trailer during gut reaction. Um, the cool thing about this, I know we've talked about this before, but like uh, this weekend, Comic Con is free. Like, which really, I mean, like, I think that means we get to go. Exactly. Guys, we finally have made the big time. <laughs> we get to go to Comic-Con for free! Yay! Yay! So does everybody else. Yeah. And we don't even have to leave our house. Exactly. I've even <laughs> covered airfare and travel accommodations. I've covered your lodging. 
You're so generous. Mitch, you're the best boss. I know. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys raises, too. You heard it here first. Perfect. Awesome. I love 0% more of zero. <laughs> um, it's the best kind of raise. <laughs> but are there any panels that you guys have heard about or whatever that you're really wanting to try to catch? No, not in particular, but I did see that the New Mutants one that happened today, uh, they did release the first five minutes of the film, which I know that we're going to talk about that later, but I am really kind of intrigued. As much as I'm not usually a fan of like reading previews and watching like the first few minutes of a movie before it's actually released, I like this has been going on for so long and I'm kind of intrigued to like go and watch the first five minutes of this. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that they had released like the first five minutes. and I was like, I'm just watching the trailer. Like I want to, I, I see where you're coming from. And I think with other movies, I might have really wanted to watch it, but I'm kind of like, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. But, uh, but yeah, but we will definitely do our best uh, throughout the weekend. If anything big does happen to let you know about it. So a uh, couple of press releases to talk about quickly before we talk about uh, some reviews that we've done. Uh, so Oni Games and Renegade Game Studios have announced uh, Autumn Harvest, a Tea Dragon Society game. It's based on the Oni Press graphic novel, The Tea Dragon Society. Uh, it is also a follow-up to the 2019 award-winning game, The Tree... The Tree... Jeez. The Tea <laughs> Dragon Society card game. There we go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, the cool thing about this game, it's a standalone game, but it can be combined with the original game to expand on that. Um, and it's going to be released in late 2020. Awesome. Uh, Vault has also announced uh, The Devil's Red Bride number one. It's going to be out in October. It is a, quote, blood-drenched love letter to samurai fiction. It's set in, the, in 16th century Japan, and it follows... Uh, Ketsuko, who comes up with a plan to save her people after her father, uh, Lord Aragami, dies. So um, this next one is really cool, I think. Uh, Z2 Comics has announced a new graphic novel based on none other than Ludwig van Beethoven. Uh, it's going to be accompanied by a new compilation album from uh, Dutch uh, Gramophon. And it's going to be released in November to commemorate the composer's 250th birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. He doesn't look a day over 130. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh. Surprised I didn't get a shame. Not going to lie. I, I like Beethoven jokes. It's fine. <laughs> They're on key. She, Lydia Bell! <laughs> she she rolls over for shame. Beethoven jokes. <laughs> Lydia Bell! Gotcha. Um, <laughs> uh, lastly, I want uh, you to know that when we're back in the studio and I have the actual bell, I'm still going to scream Lydia Bell every time. <laughs> She's going to do that while ringing the bell. Let's just be honest. Yes. I'm going to ring the bell and say Lydia Bell. <laughs> when, when, when we were back in the studio, I thought we were talking about Beethoven. Oh! Lydia! Bell! Yes! <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I'm proud of myself for that one. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> All three of you just got a shame in like less than a minute. Like that's got to be a wreck. I'm proud of us, guys. I really am. Yeah, good. <laughs> <On some. laughs> uh, finally, uh, Valiant has announced a new Ninjak series uh, debuting in 2021. Uh, the series follows Colin King, who is an ex-MI6 super spy, whose secrets get exposed, causing the entire criminal underworld to go after him. Um, Ninjak is one of those books that I, I haven't read from Valiant yet, but it's always kind of caught my eye. And I've seen some of the art for this particular book, and I'm like, I'm really excited for this. I might yeah. have to try to check this out. Um, we've got a couple things to review today. All right, so first up tonight is uh, Ping Action Sports Adventures. It's by Corey Lewis, and it's going to uh, go on sale July 29th. And this follows the all-world school of sportsmanship. 
uh, where kids from all over train to become the best athletes in a world obsessed with even the most marginal sports. Uh, this particular book follows Rocky, Sassy, Vin, and Radley, uh, also known as the Footnucks. Uh, they compete in fringe sports like kickball, breakdancing, break and hacky sack. I don't want to talk too much spoilers about this book just because, you know, it's not out yet. Um, I, with the art style, I got an anime vibe or a, like a manga vibe out of it. Um, I liked, I liked some of the humor. The problem with me with this book, it's not in black and white, um, but it's very limited in color. And so like mm. by and large with, with a few mm. exceptions, like those kinds of books don't really do it for me, you know? And I realize they, you know, they're not making this book specifically for Mitch Ladd, you know, like, but, um, <laughs> but for me, like, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things like I need, I need more color. And that was something that I missed on this book. Um, also, I felt, you know, they, with this book, it's all one big story, but there are three little stories involving uh, kickball, breakdancing, and hacky sack. <clears throat> and I kind of feel like, for me, if they had chosen one of those sports and made the entire book about that, because I felt like the kickball part was kind of rushed, you know, I would have liked to have more, you know, background and find out more about these characters. I feel like if they had just made it all about this kickball tournament, I think, it, I think that I would have known more about these characters and known more about the story and would have been more invested. Uh, Matt, what did you think? Yeah, I think I have to agree. Um, it's, it's odd because as much as one of my favorite comic series of all times is Walking Dead, which is just black and white, the three color format for this um, made it almost difficult to kind of read and to see um, because at least for me, like it, the panels all kind of blended together. Um, so it was kind of hard to, in some cases to tell where the action was, what was going on because of that three color scheme. Um, and the three color scheme changed, which I did appreciate as we went through the different stories. Um, you got, you know, black and white and pink and then black and white and yellow and then was it blue? Blue, yeah. I think for the other one. <clears throat> Which I appreciated that as the differentiation between the stories. <clears throat> um, but like again, for like individual panels, it made some of that action hard to to follow. I did like the art style aside from the coloring. Um, I think it fit with what they were trying to go with for like mm -hmm. the anime or manga style. Um, but I do kind of have to agree that I think that if they had focused on one, like the kickball story, um, and gotten a little bit more in depth with some of the characters, I think it would have been a little bit stronger, um, than having those, like the, the bulk of it was the kickball story, but those two little extra stories about the hacky sack and the breakdancing kind of like, I don't know, it took me out of the whole thing as far as the whole thing went. Yeah. And it's it's kind of weird though. Like of the three stories, like I feel like I liked the breakdancing one the best. <laughs> I still wish that they had expanded on the kickball. I, you know, and, and that's probably just because that was the main story, and that's yeah. what I started reading. Um, Tabitha, what did you think? Um, I didn't get far enough to realize that there were multiple uh, stories happening. Uh, the art style reminded me of like Scott Pilgrim, which the, when I read Scott Pilgrim, I read it in the original black and white and I loved it, but it was like the language of the dialogue bubbles really bothered me. It felt very like, like catchphrasey and um, like slang. And like, there were some things that I was not picking up on and I was having to go back and either look at the panel or look at the dialogue. And like, if both of them had been like, if one of them had been, like, very easy to follow, I would have probably been fine, but both mm -hmm. of them were kind of hard to follow. I probably got, like, 15, 20 pages into this, and I couldn't read it anymore. Like, I I wanted to keep going, but it was just... I have a hard time when the art bothers me, keeping going, because even though I'm just kind of glancing at the art, if I'm just glancing at the art, I should be able to tell what's going on. I was not... I was glancing at the art, and I couldn't tell what was happening, so I this wasn't for me. 
So next up is the Black Stars Above trade paperback. Uh, it co- collects the complete series. This one will also be released July 29th. Uh, written by Lonnie Nadley with art by Jenna Cha. Um, and we actually, I, we reviewed the first issue of this, uh, a few months back. I think Tabitha remembers, um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, so this book, it's about a uh, young fur trapper who flees her overbearing family. Um, only to get lost in a dreamlike winter wilderness that harbors a cosmic threat. Uh, it takes place in the late 1800s. Uh, I didn't, I didn't read the entire trade paperback, um, but I remembered it when I was reading it. Um, you know, the the art style with this book is phenomenal. It's it's very realistic, which for this type of book, I really appreciate. Uh, one thing, and I feel like I mentioned this when we reviewed issue one way back when, one of the things that I really liked about this is that it talks, like, the, the bulk of the narration is the main character's journal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of times where something is scratched out because she's, you know, changing her journal or whatever, you know, like, like everybody does. Um, but yeah, I thought that I, I really liked that aspect of it to kind of, you know, gives it a more human touch or whatever. Um, Matt, what did you think? I think that's one of my favorite parts about this is that the, so much of the narration is that journalistic diary entry and you see her scratch out things and reword things like it's scratched out, but to the point where you can still read it. So obviously as a reader, that's what you do. Like you read what she scratched out and then you read what she rewrote and how she's changed her wording. And then from that, you can infer like how she's interpreting the situation that she's in. Um, and I absolutely love that. Um, I, I don't think when we, when we read the first issue, I realized how much of a cosmic horror type of vibe there is to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like that whole cosmic horror Cthulhu, like that's, I, I absolutely love that. So early on when you get to this creature thing that she's carrying and she's like transporting, I just absolutely was, I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I kind of almost want it to be a novel, but at the same time, like the visual representation of this thing, this infant, as she calls it, that she's transporting or she's like delivering. I, I don't know how you would describe that in a novel, like in a, in a book format. Um, so I really appreciate the, the visual representation of it. Um, I have to agree with you, Mitch. I love the visual style of this, there are some absolutely incredible like wilderness panels as she's going through the woods. Um, I, the, the only gripe I have at this point, and I didn't quite finish it. Um, is that about halfway through you're in this story and she finds another journal and the next like eight or 10 pages are this, are, are of this journal. And at this point that, that just like it sucked me out of the story while giving me more information, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know, was just one of those things like it, I, I want the story to keep moving. And I feel like that particular spot kind of slowed it down. Um, but overall, like, I don't know, this is, this is a hundred percent my jam. This, this dark, scary cosmic horror, like foreboding sense of like, you know, what else is going on in the world that we don't know about kind of situation. Sounds enough like 2020 right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guys, it's time for gut reaction. Oof, gut reaction. And we are going to start tonight with Tabitha and uh, a new Star Trek trailer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm officially signing up for CBS All Access. Like, if Twilight Zone and Picard weren't enough to get me there, this is going to get me there. <laughs> um, it's called Lower Decks, and it's an adult animated comedy detailing the lives of four ensigns on the starship... Sit- sir- 
Cerritos? Sure. Sure? I don't know. It's a starship. It's not the Enterprise. Anyway, uh, this show is basically what would happen if the four of us were assigned to the Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is developed by Mike McCann from Rick and Morty, so it's kind of got that, like, Rick and Morty vibe going on. Um, The best part of the trailer is that it brings up holodeck waste management, which I have a lot of questions about. <laughs> and it, uh, the first two episode season premieres August 6th, which is two days after my birthday, so it's like a late birthday present for me, and then it'll come out every Thursday. This looks fantastic. This looks like everything I've ever wanted to know about what happens to, like, Star Trek captains, except not the captains, like, on, like, on the lower decks, not on the bridge. Huge thumbs up. I'm so excited for this. I want it now. Also, if you watch the trailer, there's the little scene where she's like, ooh, this has the the shield. And she's like, shield up, shield down, shield up, shield up, shield down. Like, that's me. Like, that's a hundred percent. Like, I'm watching it going, yep. <laughs> I was, yeah. So, two huge thumbs up for me. <laughs> Matt. So, I was a little skeptical about this because I'm like, not that there isn't some hokiness and some like uh, like self-deprecating humor when it comes to Star Wars and like or Star Trek oh my god um and the fact that it's just a touch hokey you know there is there is that aspect to it um but I was a little concerned like you know a, a Rick and Morty type of vibe cartoon in the Star Trek universe I'm like I don't know how this is gonna go but then I watched the trailer and yeah, I think this is pretty much sealed the deal for signing up for CBS All Access. Like this, this looks a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it, it looks like the kind of stuff that um, that they don't talk about in the Star Trek episodes, like, like holodeck waste management. Right, like what goes on in the lower decks while everybody else is on the bridge. <laughs> Lydia, I'm not sure how to feel about this because it looks like a lot of fun. But I was kind of stuck on the fact that it's like, it's almost making fun of all the things that Star Trek is in a bad way. And I'm at the same time, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. So I'm so <laughs> conflicted. Like, I feel like this is something that if I watch it, I will enjoy it. But right now, I just kind of want to be like, no, stop that. Leave it alone. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go with them sideways. But I kind of want to like watch an episode or two just to see how it goes. Um, I'm definitely giving this a thumbs up. Uh, I really like that they are showing that there are, that you can have different genres of shows within the same Star Trek (laughs) universe. I mean, you know, like, you know, shows like with Discovery that, you know, especially that first season was a little bit darker. And then, you know, you've got this show where it's clearly much, you know, much more humor based. And then they even today, um, announced the Star Trek show for Nickelodeon, which is Star Trek Prodigy. Um, So, you know, so it's like, so I really appreciate that they're like, kind of like saying, hey, you know, Star Trek in some way, shape or form is for everybody, you know? Um, So definitely giving this a huge thumbs up. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Um, I do also wonder, like, kind of with, I think it was Tabitha saying, like, it'd be like the four of us on the Enterprise. (laughs) So does that mean that Pickett is actually like Captain Pickett. Uh, probably. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Or he's <laughs> like a science officer, and we're like looking up to him, like, "Hey, Captain, <laughs> see me. I'm just a lowly little ensign." <laughs> <laughs> he is the Jordy LaForge to our engineering crew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're, I can see that. You're missing out on the gold of you know a bald Picard, a bald Pickett. Oh, um, yeah. So maybe he's the Picard. Oh, yeah, that actually yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. He's the Picard to our Wesley. Ooh. Pickett <laughs> is the Picard to our <laughs> Well, one of us has to be in row. <laughs> <laughs> so we did also get a trailer for New Mutants. Uh, I am giving this a thumb sideways. Uh, I want to see this movie, but I've 
almost given up hope that we are ever going to see it. I realize that they even showed, like we talked about earlier, that they showed like the first five minutes of the movie. Like, I know that it's coming, but at the same time, it's like, what else is going to happen to make it not come out? So until (laughs) I have purchased the ticket and I am sitting in the movie theater and the movie is starting on the screen, I, I do not believe that I'm going to see it. But so thumbs sideways. Tabitha. Um, I will not be purchasing that proverbial movie ticket should it ever happen because every time they release more about this movie, I want to see it less. Uh, it looks like an ABC family horror teen show, like mm. Pretty Little Liars with Mutants, which is what I'm going to call this from now on. It's not in the new movies. <laughs> it's Pretty Little Liars with Mutants. Um, <laughs> in tiny little parentheses. So I'm giving this a thumbs down. This looks, this is officially starting to look stupid. So just know. <laughs> Matt. Um, see, I still think that, like, what they're, like, the clips that they've showed, um, especially since they, it took them, you know, forever to go back and do reshoots, um, that they've actually made this, like, a scary, frightening, um, entry into the MCU, like, or what, you know, the, the X-Men universe, if you will, whichever, whichever one it decides to fit in on any given day. I, uh, I don't know. I'm at the point now where I want, I still want to watch this, but I just want to watch it. Like, I don't want to have to wait until theaters reopen and we can go do this. I just want you to release it on a streaming service so I can sit down on a Saturday or Sunday night and queue it up and watch it and just be done. Um, so thumb sideways. Lydia. Yeah. I kind of have to agree with Tabitha. Like it's, looking a bit hooky and like an ABC like wannabe horror film and like the only thing I could think while watching the trailer is like I feel like I've seen this plotline before so I don't know they might end up being able to pull something off cool with this but right now I'm not holding out much hope for it so I'm gonna go thumb sideways uh Matt you've got a couple of Netflix stories um let's start off with uh Usagi Yojimbo Usagi Yojimbo, yes. Yes. Um, I, you know, m- most people our age recognize Usagi Yojimbo from his um, cameos, I guess, if you will, um, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but it is a comic series that has run for 35 years, um, and Stan Sakai has served as is the writer. Um, and he's going to be serving as the executive producer for this new Netflix series. The comic has won five Eisner Awards over its, like, existence. Um, but um, this is going to take place in the far future. They're saying it's going to be a mix of modern high-tech with classic Japanese, like, feel to it. Um, which, I mean, the original cart comic book started back in feudal Japan. <clears throat> So, like, the character has been around, like, you know, as comic book characters do, like, for a long time. Um, We have no release date on this. Um, I don't know. I definitely remember uh, Usagi Yojimo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've never gotten into the comic, but the fact that their Netflix is, again, going into a comic book property and going to make this a cartoon, um, I'm on board with this, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Lydia. I think I've seen this character and all that in some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff before, but I don't know all that much about it. Um, but I do like, like you said, that Netflix is taking something else like this and turning it into a series, and they've had good luck in the past with things like that. So I am hopeful for what this might turn out to be. So thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I'm also giving it a thumbs up. Um, I, I immediately recognize the character, but I couldn't remember where from. I forgot that he was from Ninja or appeared in Ninja Turtles. And I definitely didn't know that history about the character. So I'm really excited for it. So yeah, definitely thumbs up. Tabitha. Uh, Basically what you just said, I recognize the name, but like I couldn't figure out why I recognize the name. Um, But I trust Netflix. Like they've proven time and time again that they're like, they take these comic characters and they take these TV shows and they make a really good adaptation. So Thumbs up. Matt, speaking of Netflix, let's talk about what Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are doing. 
So Netflix is going big, like bigger than they've ever gone before. They are going to be adapting um, a book by Mac Mark Greenies. It's a 2009 novel uh, entitled The Gray Man, um, but it is going to star Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and is going to be directed by the Russo brothers. Um, so Netflix is already like just all the stops, just done. They're, they're gone. They're blowing them away. Um, they're hoping that this is going to start a franchise. They're referring to it as a James Bond level of scale. Um, the budget is estimated at almost $200 million. And like I said, based on this novel, um, it is a series of novels. Um, let me find the, the general synopsis of the first book is court gentry is known as the gray man, a legend of the covert realm moving silently from job to job, accomplishing the impossible and then fading away. He always hits his target, but there are forces more lethal than Gentry in the world. And in their eyes, Gentry has just outlived his usefulness. Now he is going to prove that for him, there is no gray area between killing for a living and killing to stay alive. Gosling is going to play Court Gentry, this main character. Um, and Chris Evans is going to play essentially his best friend, Lloyd Hansen. Um, so they're saying it's kind of going to be two sides to like the CIA. I don't know. like. Netflix, this kind of budget, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, I think I just have to go thumbs up based on the idea. Lydia? See, I'm going to kind of have to go the other way with that because, I, like we just said, Netflix has a good reputation with stuff, but the, that big of a budget and those two big names, I feel like they're just trying to throw a bunch of money at something and hope that something sticks. So I'm going to have to go thumbs sideways. Yeah, um, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, Lydia. Uh, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Uh, on paper, everything sounds phenomenal, but um, I don't know. There's there is always you know the chance for disaster, but I don't <laughs> think that that's going to happen. But it might. But still, thumbs up, Tabitha. Um, the only flop Netflix has had has been Iron Fist. <laughs> so I trust them to do a good job with this, but also you had me at Ryan Gosling and then you said Chris Evans, so I was sold from, like, point A, so... <laughs> God help us if they put Chris Evans in a beard. Oh, God, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha's is already, like, typing out emails, like... I need my smell and salt. I'm looking at a fan. I mean, you could get... You could give me Chris Evans with a beard and just leave Ryan Gosling elsewhere and I'd be fine. I've loved Ryan Gosling since Mickey Mouse Club, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we go way back. <laughs> I, I feel like I am one of like those weird women that's like, yeah, I, I don't, he, he can go away. <laughs> I don't like it when he looks pretty. I like it when he looks angry. And I don't know what that says about me as a person. But <laughs> <laughs> We all know you well enough to know exactly what this has about you as a person. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair. I still just think it's weird that Ryan Gosling hasn't become Ryan Goose yet. Oh my God. Lydia Bell. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, uh, the Fantastic Four is going to hit issue 25 of their uh, current run in October. And that issue is going to feature a, quote, new, major, permanent status quo change. I have to go thumb sideways on this. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know what that status quo change is going to be. But you say permanent in comic books, and I'm already, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, nothing is ever permanent in com- comic books. Like, every five seconds, someone's dying or getting married. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. Matt. Yeah, I, I mean, is there anything permanent when it comes to comic books? I mean, I have not stayed up to date on Fantastic Four, so I don't know. I don't have any idea what this permanent status quo change could be. But, you know, basically echoing everybody else, thumb sideways. Lydia? Yeah, nothing is permanent with comic books, thumb sideways. <laughs> uh, speaking of comic books, Tabitha, well, we, it was actually Tabitha and Matt, but... I'm saying Tabitha because she yeah. posted it first. I didn't realize it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Keanu's uh, stepping into comics? 
Uh, yeah, Keanu has co-created a new comic book series called Berserker. It took me a hot second to try to figure out what B-R-Z-R-K-R meant. Anyway. Really? <laughs> it's been a long week, okay? Uh, with Matt Kent and illustrator Alessandro Vitti, uh, along with Boom Studios. I'm just going to quote what Keanu said, because no one could say anything better than Keanu ever. This character who was born 80,000 years ago, half man, his father's a war god. It is a little fantasy in reality. I had this image in my head of a guy fighting through the ages because of his father's compulsion to violence, but with the pathos of a man trapped and trying to figure it out. So Matt Kent shared an exclusive look at the art on Twitter. Uh, it kind of looks like the Walking Dead a little bit, but the main character looks like 65% like Keanu, so that's a thing. Uh, the 12 issue comic series will be released monthly starting October 7th with the main character doing mercenary work for the US government. Also, Netflix, speaking of, is already reportedly trying to adapt it and Keanu has already been like, yeah, I'd star in that, that's cool. Because Keanu. Um, I'm giving this a thumb sideways, like, I'm always there for people making new content, but like, are people gonna like it because it's good new content, or are people gonna like it because it's Keanu's new content, so. Matt. I mean, I guess we'll find out, because I'm probably gonna get all 12 issues, because I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I did read that this was part of a meeting that Keanu had with Boom Studios, as kind of like a let's create original content with the idea that it will get adapted to film slash TV. So I don't know. He's kind of been on board with this. I'm going to play this main character from the beginning. I mean, Keanu plays the same character in pretty much everything. Keanu plays Keanu. He does. <laughs> he does. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It looks interesting enough that I am. I'm probably going to like, I'll get all 12 issues and I'll read it just uh, out of the curiosity's sake. So, tentative thumbs up, but iffy. Lydia. Yeah, I'm intrigued, but yeah, looking at this picture, I yeah, he, I feel like they just made this character look like him just because he wants to play this character eventually. So, I don't know. Thumbs sideways. You know, I'm going to go thumbs down. Um, I agree with you, Tabitha. I'm all for new content, or in this case, new Keanu tent. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it almost, this almost sounds like a mix of like John Wick and Encino Man, and I'm not here for it. Mitch <laughs> is like, oh God, more John Wick, please no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> However, I would watch, or I would read an Encino Man comic. True. <laughs> Arguably Keanu's best film. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in Encino Man, was he? Huh? He wasn't in Encino Man. Shore. That was Polly Shore. Yeah. <laughs> I can insult in Keanu Reeves. I'll see myself out. Like, Wait a minute. I can see it like, oh my god, I love that movie though. <laughs> it was Biodome. I know. <laughs> okay. The uh, when you said Keanu was in uh, Encino Man. At first, I thought it was like, oh, is she mixing up Keanu Reeves and Brendan Fraser, which I could kind of maybe see, like, real quick. Because Brendan Fraser's also done some action movies. But no, it was Paul. No, it's Polly Shore. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, speaking of the 90s, the last story that we have for Gut Reaction, um, which I didn't share with you guys because I only saw this this morning, and... Um, but Dave Franco is set to star as Vanilla Ice in a new biopic called To the Extreme. I'm giving this a thumb sideways. I have zero interest in seeing this movie um, unless there's a big long scene about ninja rap. But um, <laughs> as far as casting goes, I think that they, I think that they hit a home run with uh, Dave Franco. I think he's going to look exactly like Vanilla Ice. So yeah, zero interest in seeing the movie, but Good job, guys. Thumb sideways. Tabitha. Um, good job for casting. I don't want to watch it unless there's like a whole like like rap battle between like David Bowie saying his is dun 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 da da dun dun and <laughs> his is dun 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 da da dun dun. Like <laughs> that's the only time I want to watch this. But I also hate Dave Franco with the passion of ten thousand burning suns, so thumbs down. Matt. I 
I mean, Vanilla Ice has his own home improvement show. So the fact that we're getting a movie where Dick Franco is playing Vanilla Ice, I can't say I'm really surprised. I'm going to go thumbs down. <laughs> Lydia. Oh, my gosh. So I don't even know who Dave Franco is, but, I mean, g- good job for picking who you're having to play him. But why does why is this to be too, yeah, why is this need to be a thing? I, I no thank you. But I, I would love to see a movie of what time with the set though. That would be hilarious. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm good. You can just leave vanilla ice in the nineties where he belongs. Thumbs down. <laughs> just let vanilla ice melt. Lydia Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that? Three for me tonight? I've lost count, honestly. Three or four. <laughs> and I think we- it's three. We still have a few more stories to go. We do have a few more stories. Uh, let's try to go through them a little bit quickly. Tabitha, let's start with you and a new director for the Grease reboot. Oh, we can go through this super quickly because this shouldn't exist. Uh, this because is the, the thing Greece. that no... Grease? Stop it. Uh, <laughs> this is the thing that no one asked for, but we have a director for it. Uh, Brett Haley, who I've never heard of, will direct. And Liam McKendrick, who I've also never heard of, will write. Uh, Danny and Sandy's Summertime Romance, uh, pre-Ride L High. There's no timeline. There's no cast. So don't worry. There's still plenty of this, plenty of room for this to die a slow, agonizing death. Also, I found out today that HBO Max is reportedly working on Grease, Ride L High. I need someone to just make it all stop. I want it to stop. It should have stopped with Grease. But then it didn't. We had Grease too, which had some great songs. Let it die. Let it go. Yeah. Like Elsa, let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> is this Rydell High? I mean, is it going to take place like? It's going to take place at Rydell High. From what I understand, it's like a modernization of Grease. Like it's going to be at okay. Rydell High. It's going to be like Glee meets Grease. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be Grease. Lydia Bell. Oh my god, there's so many bells. Oh, it was at a four. I missed that one. That was for Matt. He said okay. Grease. Hopefully, I they, couldn't tell who said it. Like they, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they cast John Cleese as like the principal. <laughs> Lydia Bell. <sighs> you guys. You're tiring out Lydia. <laughs> My thumb's getting tired, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Matt, you've got some news on a new uh, Scooby-Doo board game. I do. Um, so the company Avalon Hill, which is the maker of Betrayal at House on the Hill and Betrayal Legacy, um, is creating a game, board game, based kind of on the mechanics um, and like the setup of those two board games. Um, but this one is going to be a Scooby-Doo themed version called Betrayal at Mystery Mansion. Uh, it's going to be for three to five players, ages eight and up. Roughly 25 to 50 minutes per playthrough, you will be able to gather clues, which will open up the next part of the game, which is called The Haunt, which will one character, one person will get to be the monster, and the rest of the players will get to chase said monster. Uh, so just like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Um, the gameplay in general is similar to... Um, their previous games. So if you're familiar with those, you kind of have an idea how it goes. Um, but it does have a younger, like, bend to everything. So in those games, characters can get eliminated. In the Scooby-Doo version, nobody gets eliminated. Um, the omens that are popular in those are going to be called clues in the new in the Scooby-Doo version. And um, you can get awarded Scooby snacks by doing you know, good things. Um, this is available July 24th. So tomorrow, uh, for $35. I don't know. I think this sounds fun. I unabashedly am a huge Scooby-Doo fan. So I think this would be a lot of fun to go through and play. See, this is the kind of like new Scooby-Doo content I can get behind. Why couldn't they do something like this instead of trying to make that stupid Scoob movie? (laughs) I'm still super salty about that guys. (laughs) <laughs> did, you ever, did you watch it, though? No, I don't want to. And I'm not going to. Scooby has outlived his dog life. He needs to go away. Wow. Go to heaven. Oh. All dogs have quality film. <laughs> it is. Not Scooby? Not Scooby. Oh. What about Scrappy? Does he go to heaven? No, no he's already in No. Heaven. 
Yeah. The whole thing is in hell, Mitch. <laughs> Five minutes of Scooby-Doo is hell. Aww. Wow. Rude. It's not good, guys. <laughs> Doesn't have to be good to be a classic. Oh, that's what they say Trish. about you. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tabitha always rooted for the villains in Scooby-Doo. Oh, 100%. I was yeah. like, that guy's a ghost. I hope he kills them all. <laughs> That's why she stopped wow. me. Because after the third episode, she realized it never changed. That was my problem with it as a kid. I'm like, it's the same plot over and over and over. And then I was done. <laughs> so um, it's been previously, previously announced that Stephen uh, Yun and J.K. Simmons have been cast in Amazon's Invincible adaptation. Uh, they have said that there's a trailer coming very soon, um, but they also announced some more cast during the Skybound Expo. Uh, more people who have been announced is uh, Zachary Quinto, uh, Carrie Payton, uh, Seth Rogen, Jillian Jacobs, Andrew Rannells, uh, Zazie Beetz, Mark Hamill, a bunch more people. Uh, I've been excited for... Invincible. Um, the original casting announcement got me excited. This more casting announcement has me really excited. Like, I cannot wait for the trailer. I also really need to buckle down and try to get caught up before this first season is released. But That's yeah. a lot of big names. <laughs> a lot of big names. Um, also, a little bit more uh, comic news. As I drop my phone, like I do. So, it wasn't your pen this time? No, believe it or not. Wow. So Ahoy Comics uh, in October is going to release uh, quite possibly like the comic book series that is like most modeled after me. So it's going to be called Pin Ultiman. Um, and basically the description says that Pin Ultiman, the next to last stage in human evolution, is the greatest, best looking, and most admired superhero in the world. So how can he stop hating himself? <laughs> wow. So the concept of a superhero with a lot of like self-hate or whatever, like, I don't know, like, I cannot wait to read this. <laughs> Full of self-deprecation. Yes. <laughs> Nothing like it. <laughs> so, um, Matt, let's talk about Captain America. So, as if we didn't really believe that Chris Evans was Captain America, uh, if you want proof, just watch the video that has showed up online. Um, a six-year-old Bridger Walker uh, saved his sister from an attacking dog. Chris Evans heard about his heroic act and recorded a video uh, thanking Bridger for his act of heroism um, and how, like, incredible it was that he did what he did. Um, Bridger's response is is incredible, um, heartwarming. Um, he he just felt like basically that if anybody should be injured, basically it it should have been him um, as he tried to you know get between this dog and his sister. Um, the um, the video online. I have not watched the whole thing, but basically Chris Evans starts out. He goes, hey, Bridger, Captain America here. How are you doing, buddy? I read your story and saw what you did. I'm sure you heard a lot of this over the last couple of days, but let me be the next one to tell you, pal, you're a hero. What you did was so brave, so selfless. Your sister is so lucky to have you as a big brother. Your parents must be proud of you. And then to top it all off, Chris Evans has said that he is sending Bridger an authentic Captain America shield. That's, That's amazing. amazing. He's like, well, and if, in the video that shows that shows Bridger watching Chris Evans' video for the first time, Bridger is wearing Captain America like costume, and then he finds out that he's getting a shield. It's just like it it, it just melts you. It's it's fantastic. Like Chris Evans is a fantastic, wonderful human being for doing this. Just hearing about it is like making my heart happy over here. I, I need to go find this video. Right. I mean, like, 
it's it's incredible what this little boy did for his sister and then when you get these celebrities to recognize you know these acts is just it's just awesome chris evans slowly creeping up there for my favorite chris constant <laughs> battle every week guys who's who's currently atop your list chris pratt he went to the books or no not chris pratt chris chris pine chris pop that Chris, there's so many Chris's guys. Chris Pine, he went to the bookstore, remember? And he was wearing a mask and he was social distancing. And now Chris Evans is being super sweet and it's just, it's constant battle. Duking it out at the top. Some other random Chris that went to like our local Barnes and Noble. He's like, why, why aren't I the top of tab of this list? Because he's probably the Chris or probably the guy at Martin's Noble who asked me what I was reading aggressively with Cheeto fingers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but at least he didn't have meatless KFC, KFC fingers. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> KFC can't get any worse. And then they do. Um, they are offering plant-based chicken nuggets in Southern California for a limited time beginning on July 20th, so three days ago. However, I want to note here that they aren't vegetarian or vegan because they fry them in the same oil as the regular chicken nuggets. So what exactly is the point? That's neither here nor there. However, in Russia, they are also exploring, and I'm going to quote, innovative 3D bioprinting technology to create chicken meat. First of all, who knew that KFC was in Russia? Nobody knew. Uh, okay. In Soviet so, Russia, chicken fries you. Right, like what? what? <laughs> uh, second, like WTF, like no. Um, so KFC has teamed up with Russian tech company Bioprinting Solutions to make this new type of nugget out of chicken cells and plant material. Um, there's a video floating around online of this company making a uh, faux edible squid. And I will never be the same. I watched no. it. I made a huge mistake. You did. I made a huge mistake. Don't I, ever show that to me. I love squid. Squid is delicious. Do I want it bioprinted from squid cells and plant matter? No, no, I do not. Uh, do I want chicken bioprinted from chicken cells and plant matter? No, no, I do not. Uh, but yeah, KFC guys. I, I didn't. I didn't know that three D printing food was a thing, and now I am very disturbed. Yeah, as long as you have chicken cells and plant matter, you can do just about anything. Mostly it's just the chicken cells part that bothers me. Like, I hate saying, like, chicken cells. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have a um, lot of problems with it, but mostly being like, oh, this is made of chicken cells. Like, and now I'm just picturing, like, this tiny little prison for chickens. Right? <laughs> oh, are they wearing prison uniforms? Yes, they're orange, yes. but they're striped like KFC. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I hate everything. Now I'm just picturing that. You ever see that movie Chicken Run? I love yes. chicken. Yes! Now I'm picturing Chicken Run with like KFC running it, so the colonel's like standing in The, the colonel's the farmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't I want to be a, a chicken bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so oh so what God. are you in for crossing the road oh Lydia <laughs> back. Uh, is that like six for you in one episode five uh, five, five. <laughs> if I wasn't so angry I'd be impressed <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think this is the most for me in one episode it's the most in a while most yeah. of a while. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll give you that. All right. But yeah, but... I was reading this article while we were sitting at the kitchen table, and I don't know what we were eating, but I kept saying bioprinting chicken cells out loud, and I shouldn't have done that. No, <laughs> you shouldn't have. <laughs> no. Sounds like a good way to lose your appetite. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a diet when you think great. about bioprinted chicken cells while you eat. Mm, bioprinted chicken cells, just like Ma used to make. <laughs> 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 Ew. 
So that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with what's happening throughout the week. And be sure to let us know about any cool things that we're missing out on. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.